Hi, and welcome to Com Church Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk you're about to hear. Here we are in a new year. Everybody's into that new year, new you thing. I'm like, forget that. I need a new decade because the last one was terrible. I don't know about you. But that's life, isn't it? Life has got irritations and difficulties and problems. I mean, they say that's life, but that's not actually life. That's part of the, the, the state that we find ourselves in on earth. In a fallen world, there are difficulties. Um, but as we've sang this morning, God's already on that. He's already sorted those things, hasn't he? And many of those difficulties can be overcome. So I just want to really, um, we have a scripture coming up, I believe, uh, from Colossians. If you, ever, if you ever want a quick book to read, read Colossians. Fantastic book. But this is Colossians 1.13, and talking about Jesus. And it says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. I think that's fantastic. Um, and that's really the theme this morning is, is rescued. We have been rescued um, from the dominion of darkness. We've been rescued from the effects of sin, from, from the work of Satan. We've been rescued from the consequences of sin in our, in, in our next life. We've been given eternal life because we know Jesus. Amen. And uh, I'm just going to sort of, it's a bit of a theme. I'm drawing parallels from, from the, I'm going to draw some parallels from the story of the Titanic. I think everybody knows the Titanic story. Do you remember the movie? Which ones is you? You know, the 97, there's 1997, believe it or not. My goodness. Um, I remember actually watching that with my youngest daughter who was in her teens and we had a lot of ice cream. Ice cream's not a good thing to, when you're watching the Titanic sink because you start feeling the cold, literally. You know, you're like, it was weird, you know. Um, I'd just like to say on behalf of my fellow countrymen, the boat was fine when it left Belfast, okay? We built it well. You just drove it into an iceberg, you know. But uh, we do have, uh, we're going to do a clip, uh, which we can do any time, uh, which is from the movie, just to emphasize our point. Probably has sound as well. They'll, they'll pull us right down, I'm telling you. Knock it off. They're scaring you. Come on, girls. Grab an oar. Let's go. Are you out of your mind? We're in the middle of the North Atlantic. Now, do you people want to live or do you want to die? I don't understand a one of you. What's the matter with you? It's your men out there. There's plenty of room for more. Now bring in your oars over there and tie these two boats together as well. Now make sure that's tied up nice and tight. Right, listen to me, man. We have to go back. I want to transfer all the women from this boat into that boat right now, as quick as you can, please. Let's create some space over there. Move forward and up. Amen. So obviously, many, I'm sure many of you have already seen that, saw that scene. And that's where they're all in the lifeboats after the Titanic has sunk. Um, 
you know, in the first one there, the woman's saying we need to go back and they're all self-preservation has kicked in and they're all saying, well, you know, they'll swamp us, they'll swamp us. Um, you know, it's all about self, isn't it? I mean, obviously you can draw spiritual parallels with that. Sin causes us to be selfish. It's all about us first, uh, regardless of other people's needs. But in that, in that movie, you could hear the screams of the people calling for help in the water because those people didn't, I don't know what the time is, but they had minutes, not hours, to live. Because in that kind of cold, you, you die very quickly. Everything just shuts down and you're gone, you know. Um, and if you remember the movie, there's a bit later on where there's nobody, there's, there's actually silence because they're all gone, they're all dead, except the people in the lifeboats. And of course, obviously, we know Jesus, in a sense, is our lifeboat. He rescued us, you know. Um, so I just want to draw a few parallels out of that. It's quite an interesting story, the Titanic. If you look at all the, the different things that did happen, didn't happen, should have happened, uh, it's really interesting. Um, the first lifeboat in the water was actually, I believe, lifeboat number seven. It had 27 people on it, but it had room for 65, you know? And do you know, that makes me think of the church. We've got room. If, if this was, say, a lifeboat, you know, because we, we're talking about salvation. This is, you know, everything is about salvation. And, and as, as Christians, I don't know about you, but in a, when you're a Christian a long time, you can just get in, used to being a Christian, can't you? And we forget. We, we sometimes no longer hear the cries of the people in the water, the cries of those who are being lost, because we just get into the routine of life. We get into even to minister, and even sometimes to minister to Christians, which, which should happen, you know. But sometimes we forget about the cries of the lost. You know, there's a lot more room in this building than what we're using up now. And there are a lot bigger buildings to be had. Amen? And really, the big emphasis, as days, you know, the Scripture says, as days get darker, take care of how you live. As days get, you know, we're running out of days on earth. You know, <laughs> We can see by what politicians are doing. We could have an Armageddon any minute, really. You know, when it kicks off, you just never know when all of that's going to kick off. You watch the Middle East, look at the whole Iran thing. Biblically, we all know, we've all known for years that biblically, if you watch the Middle East, you'll, you'll see where we are in the prophetic sort of time scale. But this world is sinking. I think as Christians, we must remember that. There are a lot of people in that water. And we are the lifeboat. And Jesus obviously is the lifeboat. He came to save us. But we are the ones who are in that lifeboat. We're steering it. We're, we have to direct that lifeboat towards those people in the water who are, who are lost, being lost, you know. So um, it's a great story. They, um, they, the reason they, they, one of the reasons why they didn't put too many people in the lifeboats is because they hadn't done a drill, apparently. Wikipedia is great, isn't it? You can look up anything. I'm assuming it's all true. It's on the internet, it must be true, yeah? <clears throat> if it's on Facebook, you never know. But because of the divots in the boat, they were worried about the weight and different stuff. But actually, they didn't know that back in Belfast, those had already been tested. See, when you go to Northern Ireland, you get a good job. Get a good job done, isn't that right? But it had already, those boats could have taken a lot more, you know, and... and we have to draw that parallel for ourselves. We can take a lot more here. We can squeeze people in here. To, you know, we can 
expand as much as we need to. Amen? As, as Christians and as the church, we can expand and let, allow the world in. So actually, all in all, in the lifeboats on the Titanic, there were only a 705 people rescued, but there were 1,500 roughly who died. And as we know from the stories, there wasn't enough lifeboats, but even what, what was there wasn't used to capacity. How many churches stand empty all week? Those are like lifeboats that are not being used to capacity. And we have, as Christians, we've got to find ways of getting people, I don't mean just to church, I mean to Jesus. You know, church is a vehicle to Jesus because you can come to church and still be lost, amen? You know, so, um, yeah, the 20 boats could carry 1,178 people, but they only rescued 705. I don't know what that, somebody can do the maths on that one. You know, there were 2,200 people on board the ship altogether. So that's a lot of loss, a lot of unnecessary loss. Amen. Are you glad you're not lost as Christians? You know, whether you've been used to the whole Christian life for years and you're maybe even bored with it, are you still not glad that you're not lost? I'm glad I'm not lost. I'm coming now into that sort of time in life where people of my generation, some of the people we used to run with, and I mean run, um, party hard, and all of that have died because their lifestyle has caught up on them. They're, they're in their 50s, heading for 60. Some of them haven't seen 50. Some of them haven't seen 60. You know, they've died as a consequence of the life that we lived then. But we got rescued. Me and my wife, we got into the boat together, which was a good thing. Did God knew what he was doing there. He knew that wouldn't work any other way. Amen. And I believe that as Christians, you know, we have got to... Um, remember that we've been rescued and appreciate that we've been rescued no matter what it is we're going through whether it be all of hell unleashed against you or just a minor irritation I had a minor this, you might laugh at this I had a minor irritation earlier and something was itching my back and I'm what is that I literally had to go into the toilet I took my shirt off it was like a little feather stuck in my shirt and do you ever get a little feather you know that little prickly bit at the end of course, it's on your shoulder blade, so I couldn't reach it. So I was in there with my shirt off, you know, frightened the children. No, I didn't, I was joking. It was in the cubicle. And, I thought, and life is full of minor irritations and big problems. But you're still in the lifeboat. You know, the people in the lifeboat, they were worried about themselves, that first boat. That second one, he said, no, we're going back. He said, right, you lot, fill that boat up. There's not, and then empty that and then go back and get. So they went back and got some people. You know, and, and that's the thing. If you can fill this church up, we can soon fill another one if we have to or buy a bigger one. You know, you, know, you think it can be a little... You, you know, if you said if this place was packed to capacity, it'd be over a 1,000 people. Oh, that's impressive. How many people are in Dunstable? There's thousands and thousands of people in Dunstable. Amen. And they're not in the kingdom. They're not in the boat. They're in the water. You know, so the lifeboat sort of speaks of self-preservation. You've got to be careful with that. Even if you're uncomfortable in the lifeboat, you're in the lifeboat. And do you know what they would have done? I believe they had the women and children on their first. That, that was cold. That was the North Atlantic. And that was cold, 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 cold iceberg. You know, um, they, would have been, they would have huddled the children in the middle to keep them warm. 
And to me, that speaks of, of fellowship. And, you know, the scripture says that we have to carry each other's burdens as Christians. We sometimes need to huddle around a weaker brother or sister who, and weaker is probably a wrong word, someone who's struggling, because we all struggle. No matter how long we're Christians, there are things that can break us. Anybody been there? My hands up. There are things that literally break us emotionally, mentally, physically. And we need to, we need to huddle around each other and support each other because, you know, I might have a great day and have the anointing that you need just to help you on that day. You might have the word that I need to hear. And you know, you know the first thing that Satan does when people start to backslide away from God is isolation and they remove themselves. You know, remember that old saying from years ago, no man is an island? Um, some people, though, want to live as islands. My wife wants to live on an island in the Bahamas. But <laughs> Spanish island? All right, get you. I'll buy you one, love. <laughs> as long as there's a beach. But, you know, if you want to live as an island, and people do it even in the church, they isolate. That's fine. You live as an island. But I'll tell you what, do you know what happens with an island? An island gets all of the weather. All the bad weather, it's surrounded by the bad weather. And that's what happens. See, a continent doesn't get all the bad weather. There's no protection for an island. There's no other land. It's not in the middle of a big lump of land. So, you know, you don't want to live as an island. Amen? Isolation. The people in the Titanic were partying their way through life. There was like three classes. Um, I think there was a lot of Irish people at the bottom. But uh, there was like very rich people who were, you know, even well-known people. Uh, and they were all living, living the life of luxury. You know, there was sipping the finest champagne and the finest wines and eating the best food. And all, and all that. I mean, if, if that's your life, you can be my friend. You know, that's great. That's, that's nothing wrong with that, to have all that. But they weren't expecting to be in the water a couple of hours later. They thought their life was great. They were sailing along and they were happily sailing along and life was great and we had all this. And even, if the, even the people in third class thought they were going straight to America. They weren't. That boat was never going to America. It was fine when it left Belfast. It didn't get to America. Amen. And that is a picture to me of the kind of, well, I know I need God, but I can do that later. I was, going to, I was going to do that in my 50s. That was my plan in my early 20s. I know I need to get saved. I'll do it in my 40s, 50s. I wouldn't have seen the 40s, 50s. We were partying too hard. I wouldn't have seen that. One of my friends didn't see seven, didn't see 18. Motorbike accident. We were all bikers, uh, running around bikers, and all, all the hoo-ha, you know, all the usual stuff, having a great time, sailing on. Then he hit a wall, snapped his neck. Didn't see 18. Other friends, you know, in their 20s. You know, we've all seen this, right? And, you know, that picture of just sailing along and everything's light and wonderful. And next thing, bam, you've crashed. And now you're in the water. We do not know when we're leaving this earth. You don't know the date. Anybody here over 40? Right, you're already halfway there. <laughs> Even if you live to 80. Anybody nearing 60? Give a year and a bit, I'll be 60. So that means, that means I'm over. You know? So you know what I mean, what I'm saying? 
you know, you've got, to, you've got to deal with the things that are really going to happen. We are all really going to die. Every single one of us. Now, you talk to people, they don't want to talk, oh, I don't talk about that, don't talk about that. You know, it's the only certain thing in life is death and taxes. And I got a tax bill in of January, don't, don't need, I don't want to think, I, don't, I actually do not want to think about that. But we're all going to leave the earth. It doesn't matter if you're five-year-old now, one day you're going to leave the earth. Amen. So get ready for that. Get in the lifeboat of Jesus. Get Jesus into your life. And do you know what happens then, as we all know, once you get in that lifeboat, you can live your life because you know at the end of it, you're stepping into eternity. The best, there's two, there's two great days in our lives. The day you give your life to Jesus and the day you meet Jesus. Amen. Amen. And if we live with that mindset, one day I'm, I'm going to meet you, you actually get excited about the end. Because it's not the end, it's the beginning. You know, I've got a lot of family up there now with Jesus. So a lot of, them, a lot of my family are now in my future. Definitely my parents. And I know my brother's there. You know, he was a minister. Um, lost another brother recently. I'm not sure. You know, uh, but we're all heading one way. Yeah. So that's good to think about and good to go, well, if I sort this out, then I can really live my life in peace, no matter the irritations. You know, um, you know the movie, you remember the story of the movie, um, the girl's called Rose. What's the actress's name? Kate Winslet. Her name, they, they built a story, a romantic story around a true tragedy. So the, the woman Rose in the story, um, she, after she, because she was trapped in her lifestyle, in, in her rich life, and, and was marrying this guy she didn't love. Anyway, we know that. At the end, what she'd done, she survived, and, but she hid herself from the guy, and she went to America, and she took up, she, she lived her life under a new name, and lived a, a full and happy life. And if you remember the movie, she was an old woman. Um, but what she did, she got a new identity. Whenever you come to Christ, when you get saved, your old identity is gone, yeah? And I love that. I love the fact that my old identity is gone because it wasn't working very well. Um, you become, you know, all things have passed away. And everything that we done wrong, is that right? Done wrong, did wrong? English is not my first language. Um, everything we did wrong is... Um, is literally, if you want to use another C picture, in God's sea of forgetfulness. God has chosen to forget everything I did before I came to him. And I love that. It was quite a list. You know, and uh, I think it's, for the Christian, this is all about remembering that we're actually saved. And for the non-Christian, you need to get in the lifeboat because that water's cold. Amen? Now, would you be surprised if you watch that movie and somebody in the lifeboat thought, I want to go for a swim, you'd be thinking, madness, are you insane? You will die in minutes. But we do that in church, you know. Quite often if you're brought up in church, you're so familiar with church, you think, well, what's the, the water looks lovely. It was a very calm night that night. The sea was very calm. That water would have looked, I love the sea. I don't know about you, I love the sea. But I love it when the water is calm. It's just like just like a little ripper. That water would have looked beautiful, but you wouldn't have went swimming in it. But Christians do that. 
they branch off and, oh, let's go out into the world for a while and just go back and, and try some of that. And I grew up in church. Church is boring. It's always that Irish twit or some other nut talk and stuff. And church is boring and I'm going to go off and all my mates are having a great time all out there doing it all, you know. And we go off swimming in the icy cold water. Please don't do that. If you have done that, please come back and get out of the water because the water is going to kill you. Yeah? Come back to Jesus because that is going to destroy you. God will not be mocked, the scripture says. You can't treat God like some old soft-hearted fool because there could come a time where he will just stop speaking to you and he'll just let you go off into the water and sink. He will do that. He's always graceful, but he's not an old fool. Amen? That's really important this morning. If you've walked away from him, please come back. Please come home. Amen? So, it's incredible when you actually look at a story how many parallels you can draw out of it. The, um, the ship, they, they put out a distress call after they hit the iceberg. And uh, the ship that answered was the Carpathia. But it was um, two hours away, which of course is not good because the Titanic will be gone by then. Um, but it came powering along and obviously rescued them. Um, there was another ship. Let me just check my notes. There were several other boats. If you go back a little bit in time in the story, obviously there was a lot of ice. There was a boat called the Masaba at 9.40 p.m. that warned them of an ice field. They were on the radio and the war- so the, the Titanic got a warning of an ice field. At 10.55, the Californian, which was near, um, sent them a message to say that they had stopped because of the ice. So they had seen and were taking precautions because of the ice. The guy, the, the radio operator scolded the Californian for interrupting them. <laughs> Isn't that a picture of the world? Don't interrupt my life and tell me I need Jesus. I'm interrupting your life right now. I'm telling you, you need Jesus. All right? I do not apologize for it. Because in a hundred years, it won't matter. In eternity, it won't matter that you're annoyed at me telling you. And if you're offended, you can join the rest of the world because everybody's offended these days. I'm offended that you're offended that you ever offended me because that offended me. It's all so touchy. Oh, man. It's getting stupid. It's all so touchy-feely, silly nonsense. Somebody on, was on there, and oh, your woman, what's her name, criticized some tennis player because he had shares in a bank that were ethically unsound. I mean, she, I, do you know what, about your bank's ethics? I'm just worried about their charges. Never mind. Forget their... You know... And everybody's pinpointing everybody and, offend, and pointing out all this wrong and it's all offense, offense, offense. Tell you what, God's offended at our sin. There's someone who has the right to be offended. So I'm interrupting you now and telling you you need Jesus and you can do what you want with that. But you're, still, you're in that water, you need to get out of that water, amen? You must be born again. Jesus didn't say, you might want to try this suggestion amongst many others. Uh, born again is a good one. He says, no, you must be born again. There is no other way. Jesus said, I'm the only way. So he was either right or a lunatic. Yeah? Bit of a gospel message, this. <clears throat> Those Irish people. 
they're a bit forceful. But you know, you do, we need to be told. So anyway, I've interrupted your life and told you you need Jesus. My responsibility is fulfilled. The crow's nest of the Titanic, where they watched out for icebergs and problems and stuff like that, they lost the binoculars. They lost their binoculars. What does that speak of? Vision. What's the scripture say about vision? Without vision, people perish. There's an example, a practical example of a spiritual principle. Without vision, the people perish. They couldn't see it. They did see it eventually, but too late. They lost their binoculars. They lost their vision. Do you know what? Maybe we've lost our vision as well. Sometimes we do. You know, when life, life drags you down and, and, and situations happen, you can lose the vision of what God called you to do. And it's hard to, sometimes it's hard. I find it difficult to keep that alive. And you have to keep refocusing, keep looking again. You know, if, if, any of, uh, if you've ever had you know, proper major prophecy about something in your life and everything has gone the opposite way. You need to go back and just read that and go, Lord, you said this, yeah? You said, you told me to do this. Everything has tried to stop you. Everything has worked against you. That's because it's God's will. When things work against you, quite often it's the devil trying to destroy the work that God's calling you to, yeah? So refocus your vision because it might be in, a, in, in, in an area or in a situation that you didn't, you didn't think of, but it's the same vision. Yeah, so without vision, the people perish. So they lost their binoculars. You think that the money spent on that boat and, and the luxury and the money that the, the, the owners had, they might maybe buy a few pair of binoculars, you know, maybe six or seven pairs just in case you lose one. I don't know if they only had one pair or not, but they lost the pair they had. So they saw the iceberg. Eventually, they saw the iceberg. And they turned quickly, and it was too late. In fact, it was the turning that actually sunk them. It, it, it says on Wikipedia, it says that they, um, if they had hit the iceberg head on, they might have survived. But because they turned, it ripped a hole in the side, and it opened up five compartments where the water flowed in. And, and the, 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 the owner guy, the, the, the builder, he knew that it would eventually take it down. And the other thing was that the, the, the compartments were sealed right up, but there was still a gap. I think there was something to do with saving money. They didn't seal them completely, which was just mad. But to be honest, it might not even help because it was open from the side and all that water would have pulled it down. You know, if my facts are wrong, blame the internet. <laughs> but you know, the principle in that, if you want to sort of parallel everything, don't turn too late. If you're going to turn to Jesus, don't think I'm doing it in five years because you don't know. You really don't know. What's the scripture say about salvation? What day is the day of salvation? It's always today. Today is the day of salvation. So I just want to encourage you, if you're not born again, today is your day if you want it to be. Amen. <clears throat> the rescue ship the Carpathia was three hours away. Now, if you read the story, after they got the distress signal, they immediately turned towards the Titanic. But they were quite a way away. But they, you know, put the boat down, as we say, and full throttled it across there. You know, thank God they were 
in the area. The other, there was another ship. Did I mention the Californian? Yeah, they're the one that scolded them. Uh, they scolded the Californian, didn't they? The other ship, I'm going to say, yeah. The Californian was only 20 miles away. They had their radio turned off. Radio was turned off. And Captain had gone to bed for the night. Wow, that's crazy. I bet there's some lessons learned out of that one. They weren't listening. Let me take a spiritual thing out of that. Not everybody's listening to the, your cry for help. You know, we turn to the wrong thing. We can turn to the wrong person. You know, we can turn, we seek spiritual help. We, we can go in the wrong direction. You know, we need to go to Jesus. You know, the Carpathia was the rescue ship. You know, the lifeboats, in a sense, represents Jesus. But you need to go to the right source to get rescued because not everybody's listening. Amen. I'll tell you this. I, I, I was in, talking to someone who recently are with a group of people, someone who I knew is a backslidden Christian, and they suddenly piped up and said, oh, I went to see a medium, and so-and-so came through, and this person, and I'm, I'm like, I'm stunned. This is a backslidden Christian going, going to the devil for spiritual information. Do not do that. What, are you crazy? Talk about getting back in the water. That's like getting back in the water and tying a brick around your leg to, so you can sink to the bottom. That is insane. You must go to the right source, to Jesus, amen? You know, not everybody's listening to, to your cry for help, so don't go the wrong direction. It's only Jesus. Go to the Word of God and go to Jesus for the help that you need. Amen? So what else have we got? Yeah. They turn too late. I think for the Christian in this word, you know, the, the, the lifeboats, if you, if you, you know, you like represent Jesus because you're saved. <clears throat> but how do you, how do you not see this lifeboat? That's the, the Titanic sank in 1912. It didn't have one of those. <laughs> that one's got an engine. So how do you move a lifeboat in 1912? Oars which takes what? Your own effort. You have to move that lifeboat. Now the Carpathia was on the way. It had engines, you know? And I really feel in, the, in this story that the Carpathia also represents the Holy Spirit. For the Christian, we've been rescued. You know, you know what it's like? We teach it in the foundation course. We start off the salvation and then we move into baptism and, and prayer and the word, and the Holy Spirit. Um, we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So your first thing was salvation, which we all did, isn't it? But we also need to be massively filled with the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, we are just rowing our own lifeboat through our own effort. I cannot live the Christian life. I've discovered this. It took me a long time. Cannot live the Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit. Literally cannot do it. I can't help anybody else without the power of the Holy Spirit. I need the anointing and the gifts of the Holy Spirit to help you. And you need them to help me. Amen? I can't just give you a good idea out of my mind. I need to hear what God is saying. And for every one of us, you know, 
I, I don't see this as an option. I'm sorry, maybe you do, but I don't see this as an option. You must be filled with the Holy Spirit if you're born again. Amen? Otherwise, you'll never get to where you're going by rowing your own boat. Even if other people are... Sadly, there are many churches that don't believe in the Holy Spirit and they're just rowing the boat themselves. Now, they're going to get there, but they were in the middle of the North Atlantic. It would have took a long time to get to America. And I, you know, I feel sorry for that, mis, that wrong belief that people have that you don't need the Holy Spirit in the way that we believe, the baptism, the gift of speaking in tongues and all of the gifts and all the stuff that, that helps us through our life. But we need that power of God, amen? And I want to encourage you this morning, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, receive prayer for that. And keep going to get that. Keep pushing for that because you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Carpathia, those people got on the Carpathia. And do you know what? It's an easier sail, isn't it? They got on the boat and the boat did all the work. That's what the Holy Spirit it does for us. You know, we're not, you know, we can work ourselves to death in ministry if you like. Or we can get on the boat of the Holy Spirit and let him do the work through us. You know, it's like anything, you know, lay hands and he'll do the work. You know, if, you, if I pray for your healing, I can't do it. I just, it's my hand, stick your hand on somebody, he does the work. You know, I can read the word and then he can illuminate a scripture that I can give to you and you go, oh, that's just what I needed to hear. But I can't do it for you and, I, and we can't. So we must have the Holy Spirit, amen? So if you want an, a, an easier sail through your Christian life, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and if you're already filled, be refilled and refilled, and let those gifts flow and let that anointing flow in your life. Amen. We need that as Christians, don't we? Who's filled with the Holy Spirit here? Good stuff. See, you're, you're all powerhouses. Every I mean, there's a lot of people in here. Jesus only had twelve. He changed the world. We can change Dunstable, can't we? Amen. So that's the um, sort of parallels of taking out of that story. There's, I mean, if you actually read through the story, there's a lot you could take out of it. And if you look, look it up and you go, you know, and, and I mean, I don't mind taking spiritual principles out of stories because Jesus did it, you know, and you can really think, oh my goodness, yeah, there's so many parallels. But those, sadly, those people who died, so many of them didn't need to die. There was so much more room in those boats if the, if the other boat had, had been listening, see, the Holy Spirit's always listening. Jesus hasn't turned his radio off, so to speak. He is listening. And, and here's the thing about the Holy Spirit. If you think of the boat, right? Immediately, the boat turned to come to the rescue. If you cry out to God today for anything, immediately, he will come to your rescue. The Holy Spirit will immediately come you don't have to wait. You wait upon the Lord to renew your strength. You don't have to wait for, to call out for him. You don't have to wait for him to come and answer your prayer. Amen. Remember Daniel. Remember Daniel with the 21-day prayer thing. But the angel said, as soon as you prayed, I was sent. The prayer was answered immediately. But it was delayed 21 days by you know, evil forces and stuff like that. But immediately God is, is, is sending the answer to us. Now, when it comes into our, our arena of time, it doesn't always suit us. But immediately God is hearing our cry, especially for salvation. 
If you cry out to Jesus today, you can be saved, born again in seconds. In seconds, you will be transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You can be transferred into the kingdom of the son he loves. Yeah? Many of us have made that transfer, but I want to just remind you, immediately he came to us. And if you call out to Jesus, call out to the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to come and help you and fill you, touch you, whatever it is you need today, he immediately will address that situation. Do you know, something always happens when you pray. Always. And we don't always understand some of it, but it, God never ignores our prayers. He always answers our prayers. Amen. So let's do that. Let's allow, I want to first of all say, um, I finished before the band came up. Have you noticed? That's good, isn't it? Maybe have the band come up as well. I want to say to you, first of all, right, right now, if you're not born again and you realize that you want to get out of that water, then right now you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. Now you can do that by saying a simple prayer, Lord, forgive me for all my sins. Come into my life. I want you to be my savior. I don't understand everything, but I know I need you. You can pray that prayer. You can do that sitting there right now while I'm talking. You can come and see anybody in the leadership and say, I need to be saved. See, you don't hear that word very often sometimes in circles of Christians, but we were saved. We were rescued from the judgment of God. You know, and there are many theological viewpoints on what the judgment of God is. You know, some people say it's this or that, and it's, some people say it's complete annihilation or it's darkness forever or it's a fire. Do you know what? Whatever one you look at, none of it's good. Jesus always looks better. It's always better with Jesus because the scripture, if you, if you, if you want to know about that, go to the very end of the Bible and read the last chapter, the last few chapters, and see who's outside the gates of the city. I'm going to be inside. Don't you be outside. Amen. So you can do that now. To the Christians, I want us to say, if you have something that you need, the Holy Spirit to touch you, please receive prayer. Prayer is the, the, the vehicle that God has chosen to use. Uh, I still don't know why God uses people, you know, because we're all messing stuff up all the time. But he has chosen to use the laying on of hands. He has chosen to use prayer as a way of getting things done. So that's what he's chosen, you know. So we also have a, a if, you're, if you're coming to Jesus for the first time, we want to give you a book. Uh, a book that explains everything. It's really very well written. And, you know, don't, you know, you wouldn't stay in the water and, and, and look at the lifeboat and go, well, does the lifeboat have this? And does it have Wi-Fi? Or does it have everything I need? Forget all that. Get out of the flipping water. Goodness sake. Don't stay under the judgment of God. Get saved. Amen. And Christians, Holy Spirit wants to turn towards you right now and do something for you. So receive what you need. Amen. Thanks for listening to Com Church Talks. We'd love to hear from you and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to get in touch, visit our website at www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless.